Let's start. Welcome everyone uh, to another round of uh, Bpro Talks. Um, today we have the pleasure to chat with uh, Wang Li Zhu, uh, um, the head of ecosystem uh, from Seller Network. So uh, welcome, Wang Li. Uh, how are you? Hi. Thank you, Carlos. Thank you for inviting me here. I'm pretty good. How are you? I'm doing great. Thank you. Um, yeah, we're excited to have you here, and uh, we're excited for this talk. Um, so before we jump in, let me just uh, also introduce Simon Steen, which is uh, our social media manager at Bear Ads. So welcome as well, Agustin. Thank you, Carlos. Welcome to us here. Let's see how it's about the multi-chain. <laughs> yeah, we have a lot of uh, lot of questions, a lot of interesting questions for one week. Um, so yeah, maybe we can start from from the basics. So only um, you could like uh, introduce yourself, uh, what you do as head of the system at Seller and uh, what is Seller Network uh, all about? Yeah, definitely. Thank you. So um, hi everyone, this is Wang Li. I'm head of ecosystem from Seller Network. So mostly covering the business development side of things as well as developer relations because we have a lot of um, developers from our community building on top of our tech stack. So um, as seller, we're focused on like two parts right now. One is interoperability, and we have been focused on interoperability solutions for quite some time. So we have launched Seller Seabridge, which is an asset bridge that's decentralized and fully non-custodial. Uh, and Seabridge is connected to over 40 different blockchains and supporting currently over 140 plus different tokens. So far, Seabridge has facilitated over 13 billion in crushing transactions. So um, it's currently one of the leading asset, bridge, um, asset bridges across different chains. Um, apart from Seller Seabridge, which is mainly focused on fungible token and non-fungible token bridging, we also launched Seller Interchain Messaging which is a protocol that's um, facilitating generic message passing across different blockchains. So like Seller Seabridge is facilitating like users basically doing cross-chain transfers of the same asset. So you, users can basically move their Ether on Ethereum to, for example, Ether or WETH actually on BNB chain. So that's like one example of how cross-chain token bridging works. And for NFT, it's the same. Like for example, if Bake is uh, B A Y C is um, in integrated the bridge, then Seabridge um, would allow users to basically bridge um, any Bake token from one chain to another. But aside from that, we also spotted like tremendous opportunities in the space for generic message passing. That's why we launched a more generic message passing passing protocol called Seller Interchain Messaging. And there are like a variety of different projects that are building on top of seller interchain messaging already. And um, basically, interchain messaging allows any developer to pass any type of... Um, yeah, I think, Carlos, I could hear some sounds on your side. But uh, basically, um, like interchain messaging would allow even smart contract calls to be passed across different blockchains. So that opens up new opportunities for the apps to build crushing application logics. So for example, PancakeSwap, which is the largest DAX on BNB chain, has integrated with Seller Interchain Messaging to allow cross-chain 
um, yield farming for their Ethereum launch. So basically, instead of um, moving part of their liquidity for their cake token to Ethereum, they instead basically allowed LPs to still farm on Ethereum while bridging the farming details and farming results back to BNB chain and have the Ethereum LPs to claim the rewards on BNB chain. So that's like one of the largest use cases for seller interchain messaging. And there are many other different use cases under different verticals. So for example, for NFT marketplaces, we have a close partner that's building a crushing purchasing flow for NFTs and also a crushing bidding flow where like um, users can or traders can initiate a um, NFT purchase request on one chain with their funds on that chain while the NFT is actually listed on another. So with that uh, initiated transaction, they actually complete the entire flow of pu purchasing an NFT listed on a different chain within one go. So optimizing the entire user flow um, tremendously. So um, like apart from seller C-Bridge and also seller interchain messaging, which are both interoperability solutions that we have been focused on, we have also kind of like um, put um, a lot of like resources and also focus on another recently launched initiative called Brevis, which is a ZK attestation platform um, that's connected to multiple different blockchains. So I'm happy to like share more about Brevis, our ZK attestation platform as well in the call. So um, yeah, thank you so much. Yeah, we actually uh, had a question a little bit further down uh, for, for this uh, before talk uh, regarding Brevis. Um, but yeah, let's, let's keep the flow going. I think Agustin also has uh, the question and then we can uh, go back to, to Brevis uh, a little bit later. That's good. Yeah, thanks for the introduction. Well, I have a curious question about your role in Seller. Um, is the head of ecosystem a technical position or it's more related to a business or partnership relations? Yeah, I think that's a good question. So you would assume like um, head of ecosystem since it's mostly dealing with, um, for example, um, dev relations and also um, part of like project management, but the projects are actually partners to a seller network. Um, you would assume it's more of a communication job, but um, like I would say like to be successful at least or be professional in blockchain, um, in the blockchain space, like um, being good at like um, languages where communication definitely is a must for um, business development positions. But like we are a good example at Seller. Like basically um, our BD team, our ecosystem team are required to at least have like fundamental knowledge about blockchain. And at the same time, it would be like kind of a huge plus if they have technical backgrounds. So in our daily conversations and communication with our partners, basically um, our BD team, including myself, are covering the entire outreach to launch flow. So we will need to understand basically um, the different verticals, the different use cases in the space mm -hmm. so that we can come up with the best solutions that we can recommend to our partners. And at the same time, we need to be verbally um, like communicative enough and professional enough to basically um, relay the the like most accurate 
um, requests from our partners to our internal team in internal phrases and terms. So that would require us to understand the seller tech stack very well. So in, in that sense, I, I believe like um, definitely um, any kind of um, BD work requires communication and also like uh, non-tech aspects like um, like how to basically translate ideas into into like um, actionable pitches. Um, but on the other hand, it's like a really essential part of our daily job to be um, like really professional in uh, the bridging space to understand like basically what are some leading players in the space and how their tax stacks differentiate from each other and um, also have a have certain insight into the broader blockchain ecosystem and see like what are um, leading blockchains and what are, what are their uh, features and strengths. And um, it's basically part of the deal of working in interoperability. You really need to have a comprehensive view of different aspects of the entire space. Well, nice. Sounds interesting and challenging at the same time. <laughs> well, uh, going back to Seller, um, I think that we all know that Seller is a big name when you talk about blockchain interoperability. So what unique advantage uh, does Seller have in this field? Can you, can you repeat the question? Sorry. Uh, yes. Uh, what uh, unique features or advantage uh, does Seller have uh, against the competition, for example? Yeah, I think that's a good question. So like, um, I think the question can also be rephrased as like, in face of so many interoperability solutions currently running in the space, why would yeah. projects and ecosystems um, choose Seller instead of other interoperability, uh, interoperability solutions? I think that's a common question our um, partners ask as well when we first reach out to them or when they first come come to us. Um, there are definitely like a lot of really good interoperability projects in the space, um, but like I, I think Seller has some has several unique, um, um, I would say features or like context that's like unparalleled in the space. So firstly, like Seller has processed a tremendous amount of um, value already since launch. So um, the current, the latest data is Seller has processed over $13 billion worth of value in crushing transfers. And that includes um, like crushing transfers for over 140 plus different tokens across 40 plus different blockchains. So um, with that level of support um, for the wide uh, wider ecosystem, like there's no um, not one project with this level of transaction volume that hasn't had a security incident. So Seller has never been hacked on the smart contract level. Um, our consensus model is like very battle tested with zero security incident. Um, and if you look at the other top five bridging solutions, third-party interoperability protocols, like uh, any of them would have certain like hack history. Um, although there might be some remedies where uh, approaches to still bring back users and um, still uh, bring confidence to their community. But I think like uh, fundamentally, um, like the way to make the design itself secure enough um, with strong security assumptions and also have like really comprehensive operational security monitor. Um, it's like very essential in our philosophy. 
and that's like unmatched currently in the space. So I think that's like one common reason why a lot of projects, like after evaluating various um, bridging solutions, they would finally decide to use Seller. And another is like, um, we are not limited to just do token bridging. We actually have a really large developer community that's um, utilizing our entire protocol. So like um, the two can easily basically um, work very well with each other. So the compatibility of seller interchain messaging and seller C bridge um, is also like unparalleled if developers decide to tap into the generic message passing opportunities with seller IM and Seabridge would be like a really compatible, really um, like um, basically uh, an embedded solution in seller IM. So a lot of projects would come to us because they, it felt like um, it gives them, like if they start from using token bridging solutions like Seabridge, then um, in the future, they can easily adapt their application logics to be cross-chain. Um, using seller interchain messaging and that adaptation or transition would be um, very intuitive while compared to like other um, other bridging solutions they might not be so dedicated into generic message passing they might have already processed a, a large number um, I mean a, a large amount of liquidity for crushing transfers but their focus might not be in like um, passing application logics or smart contract costs through generic message passing. And um, that kind of limits their developer ecosystem to um, basically uh, build more possibilities for crushing features. So that's also like one important um, aspect I want to mention for our success. Yeah, that's, uh, that sounds great. And actually um, it makes total sense, right? So flexibility and, and security pretty much um, to be plus uh, to work with seller uh, another um, multi-chain um another question that we had is actually um we know that uh multi-chain and, and seller network for that purpose uh, can enable uh, several different uh use cases um how do you believe that can can benefit uh the developers and and users or any other type of stakeholders uh, alike yeah, I think that's a really good question as well. Like basically, um, why do people or developers or ecosystems need interoperability solutions to start with? I think that's an essential question. Um, so like our belief and our understanding is that like this is currently a, a multi-blockchain ecosystem that we're looking at. Like we have, um, um, for example, Ethereum, which is comprehensive. It has DeFi. Um, gamify NFT projects and many other different types of um, D apps building on top of it. And there are all, also like previously uh, a really large ecosystem called Solana, which is gamify focused. We also have Flow, which is an NFT focused blockchain. And there are like upcoming blockchains that are launching very soon too. Like for example, Sui blockchain, which is launching um, in just a week, which we're, uh, Seller is going to support as well. It's also another um, DeFi focus and also with application, uh, I mean, GameFi applications launching as well. So there are like just um, a large number of number of different blockchains that are all trying to build their niche in the space, like with their own focus and strengths. So like um, we, we foresee in the future, this um, status quo is going to last for a long time because 
um, we, we see like different developer community uh, formed around different ecosystems for the benefits of utilizing um, the strengths of certain features a blockchain can offer. And um, like uh, in the future, there's also a lot of um, reading, like talking about in the future, um, the multi-blockchain ecosystem is still going to stay while like each of the blockchain is going to um, develop into more um, application-specific um, blockchains surrounding like, for example, DeFi could be um, a major focus for one blockchain and another would switch more towards GameFi. So that, that probably will become their um, own strengths. So with that context in mind, like we also figured like it's essential to not basically separate each blockchain or separate the user base of each blockchain um, individually, but instead like um, it's very essential for users and assets to freely flow between different ecosystems. And that's like a very intuitive thought because on the user level, if we really want to bring blockchain into mass adoption, it's very essential for um, users to not feel any friction, any gaps when they're switching between different use cases on different blockchains. Like one user might want to use their assets for DeFi on one chain, while like they might also be really interested in a gamify projects on another. So how to kind of avoid the frictions while users um, try to uh, like basically tap into the different opportunities on different blockchains is like a very important question to ask. And that's how uh, interoperability um, solutions come up. Um, basically, we um, are trying to minimize the user perception of the differences or um, the steps they need to take for interacting with different blockchains. And to um, basically achieve that goal, it started with asset bridging. That's what everyone did in the past. Like every interoperability solution focused only on how to build the most liquidity efficient and widely adopted crushing asset bridge. And we also like focus a lot on that as well. That's why like um, most our, of our engineering resources and ecosystem focus surrounded um, building seller C bridge and bringing like um, large numbers of transactions to Seabridge and um, trying to have different projects list Seabridge um, bridge the assets. So, uh, but gradually, like uh, we also noticed, like interoperability shouldn't be limited to only asset transfers across different blockchains. And we, we were looking at like if fungible tokens can be supported. What about like NFTs that are listed on different marketplaces? or NFTs that are used as like game items in gamify projects. So that is another use case of crushing um, transfers. So like on top of like fungible token bridging, we developed non-fungible token bridges and gradually like it became more generic um, as to the types of requests we receive from our community. Like what if we add um, more generic functionalities or like uh, more flexibilities into the types of messages we can pass across blockchains. What if we add um, smart contract costs in the types of messages we can pass across blockchains? So um, gradually it became more flexible and it has come to basically like allowing any type of messages to be passed across blockchains. So um, what it could mean for users and developers are for example, definitely like different D apps launched on 
um, blockchains could tap into user, like a larger user, ba user base usually, or a variety of um, different tokens that are native to other blockchains. So um, in the example of, um, for example, um, an NFT project, an NFT marketplace that are like launching a large uh, piece of news with us very soon, but it's kind of still non-public. But what they did is they built a crushing NFT purchase flow where like users could use their, for example, USDC that's on chain A to purchase like an NFT that's listed on chain B. So um, users basically only need to initiate that transaction flow on chain A where their funds are. And it's not until like basically on chain B, the NFT is um, transferred to the user and confirmed that the user's assets will need to be bridged to chain B for the transaction to go through. And like for this flow, basically, um, it's like basically on the user end, they don't need to worry about, um, do I need to find a third party bridge to transfer my USDC firstly to chain B so that I can finally go back to this NFT marketplace and purchase that NFT. So this firstly would induce a lot of extra steps and also um, kind of have to ask the user to find a third party solution to facilitate the entire transfer to facilitate the entire transaction. And um, by integrating with Seller Interchain Messaging, which is a generic message passing protocol, that NFT marketplace essentially um, has successfully allowed users to complete like multiple transactions in one go. So that bundled transaction, that bundled message they are passing to our um, Interchain Messaging protocol is that firstly, the user would like to have their token, have their USDC locked maybe on the source chain and they would pass a message of the intention to purchase the NFT listed on the destination chain. And it's not until there is a confirmation from that destination chain um, will the user's fund be unlocked and then transferred to the destination chain. And uh, within the same message, there's gonna also list some fallback solutions where if like the NFT got some issue or on the destination chain, there's another another user who have su successfully purchased it earlier than um, the user himself, then there are some like certain fallback solutions where the user's funds will be returned to them. But like all of these different details and also requests are bundled just in one message that are sent to our protocol. So like in that sense, on the application side, they are just offering the user um, one request or one choice to make, whether you want to um, use your fund to purchase an NFT that's on another chain. So like essentially you can see based on this particular example, how um, crushing messaging or interoperability solutions could minimize user experience frictions across different chains and also help projects reach out to users that are like active on multiple different blockchains. That sounds very good. Thank you for the explanation, Wally. Uh, I really like especially the benefits for developers. I think that attracting them to build on top of an ecosystem or providing a better developer experience is like a challenge for many projects in our industry. Uh, so related to this topic, I want to ask to you, uh, what has Seller done to establish a developer ecosystem? 
and also if you have uh, plans to make it grow as well. Yeah, definitely. So like ever since seller, um, the seller team was formed and we start to like build different interoperability solutions, um, we have launched several like forum discussions, hackathons and online courses. Um, we also used to have a grant for um, projects that are interested in building crushing features with seller interchange messaging, um, like um, any kind of um, like um, use case that's like um, innovative and also potentially could bring seller or bring blockchain to mass adoption, which is our slogan, by the way, uh, would be considered as a grant recipient. So like we, we have different types of events that are constantly running so that like the uh, developer community could um, like tap into the different products we're building. And also at the same time, we do have a really strong engineering team um, that's like very willing to help constantly. Um, whenever there is a project or a developer that's interested to utilize seller Seabird, for example, or seller interchain messaging to build, build their own products or projects, we would be um, very willing and very happy to offer developer help to them. So we would usually um, like assign dedicated developers for their use cases. And there's going to be strong marketing and BD support for uh, like um, potential, I mean, um, projects with great potential. So um, in general, like we are very, like an very permissionless and open community. Um, and we would like welcome any ideas to basically build new use cases for our interoperability solutions. So um, in that sense, like if any of you in the listeners today are interested in coming up with your own crushing features for existing D apps or build a brand new D app that allows like multi-chain support, definitely feel free to reach out to me on Twitter and I can see like how best we can help you. That's nice. Thank you. Thank you, Wally. Uh, I have an announcement for the audience. Uh, the proof of participation NFTs are live on our Discord channel. So you can find the claim link there. And also while you're listening this awesome talk, you can mint it. So do you have a question, Carlos? Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, um, thank you, Wally, uh, for clarifying and uh, giving quite uh, in-depth explanations, uh, we'd love to see it. I actually am, uh, I want to go a little bit back to um, the interoperability side of things um, that we were discussing uh, a bit earlier. Um, and one of the main questions that we like to ask our guests is regarding the challenges they face because uh, more often than not, we find that um, these type of challenges uh, overlap in, in different projects. Um, so my question would be, um, what do you believe are the main challenges um, for projects uh, when it comes to adopting this uh, interoperability? Yeah, I think um, so like um, basically I think it comes from two factors or like two um, concerns that developers may have. Uh, one is like basically um, some developers or some projects will have their own token. And if their request or if their um, intention is to bridge their token to a different chain or deploy on another chain while like keeping the same governance token. And um, sometimes well, the token um, is requested like basically to bridge to a different chain. 
And in that case, like there is a lot of issues or a lot of um, challenges in basically managing the liquidity for the token on multiple different blockchains. So that's like a common challenge we're getting from our partners. Like for example, especially for newer projects that are less experienced with market makers or with um, um, yeah, with DeFi in general, like it's kind of hard for them to um, basically um, build a strong um, tokenomics that are like taking into consideration that the token circulates on multiple different chains. So um, that's like kind of one of the challenges, but I think it's um, it can be solved on the design level. So if like a project, a launch um, has already considered the future possibility of launching on different blockchains and have that um, possibility in mind when they're designing their tokenomics and how their protocol um, forms around their token, then um, like in the future, when they are expanding to external chains, there shouldn't be any issue for um, bridging their token. So um, that's one. Another like kind of blocker or challenge that I'm seeing when uh, we're trying to build adoption for interoperability is that like, um, especially for projects that are interested in building a native, um, like user-friendly crushing flow and feature for their users, they definitely want to kind of utilize um, crushing message passing, which actually required um, certain engineering work on the project side. So uh, basically what we are offering is like on different blockchains, we have a contract called message bus, which could take messages from different D apps or smart contracts. And um, like on the consensus layer, we have a proof of stake chain called state guardian network that would essentially like relay the messages across different blockchains uh, based on the messages that are received on uh, message bus contracts on different blockchains. So um, like the test stack is pretty standardized across different blockchains that we support, but essentially how the dApp application logics are interacting with our cross-chain message passing stack is based on um, the design and also, um, I mean, the design of the projects of the dApps and also their understanding of like what's most intuitive for their users when users are interacting um, with like crushing features. So um, that requires a lot of design thinking and also engineering work because um, they might, like if it is an existing dApp that's already launched on one blockchain and they're trying to build a crushing feature, it might need some kind of adaptation um, some adjustments of their existing application logics so that like messages can be passed to um, our message bus contracts and complete the entire crushing feature flow. So um, essentially those two challenges that we're usually getting. But for the second one, where like engineer work and um, some kind of design challenges exist, um, like I, I like to say, basically we have a really strong DAP support team um, that are really good engineers from our team. Um, that are willing to offer design thoughts for specific applications in different verticals. Like we have experience helping NFT marketplaces to build crushing NFT purchasing and bidding flows. We have experience helping like, for example, perpetual um, protocols and synthetic protocols to um, build crushing liquidity provision flows. Um, so we have experience in all kinds of scenarios. And we're always willing to share like the best practices in the space in terms of crushing design. That's nice. Uh, so 
What advice uh, would you give to a builder or a welfare project looking to implement interoperability? Yeah, so I think definitely, um, I think it's probably already covered in my previous answers, but I think start early, like even in the design phase, taking into consideration that a project will um, likely tap into different opportunities offered in different ecosystems and have that in mind when, when you are designing the tokenomics of your protocol and how users interact with different smart contracts across different blockchains. So that's like really essential. And we are seeing a lot of challenges in the later stage with projects that are like already deployed on one blockchain and trying to expand to others. Um, and other than that, I think like definitely evaluate between different interoperability solutions. I know like I'm from Seller, so I definitely pitch Seller um, hardest but um, still like different projects have different use cases and um, they might have preferences in terms of like uh, finality, speed, cost, and um, many other different factors and aspects. Um, and as seller, we, we kind of like, um, we, we um, kind of like have the strength in our security assumption and also like our history of like no hack history basically in a space. Um, and we have like a competitive pricing in terms of token bridging and crushing message passing, but like, um, definitely, um, feel free to evaluate between different bridging solutions and find the best, um, best one that suits your needs. Awesome. Thank you for, for hearing that. Um, I, I want to take it, uh, just a step back when we, we discussed earlier, uh, these people talks about uh, bridges. So we, we see that seller uh, recently launched bridges. Um, could you give us like a, a brief introduction to it and uh, how can developers uh, get involved uh, with bridges? Yeah, so um, Brevis in a nutshell is a zero knowledge only chain data attestation platform that could enable the apps to access, compute and utilize arbitrary data across multiple blockchains in a completely trust-free way. I know there are a lot of keywords in what I just said, but basically like you can um, grab some keywords that are like the spotlights. So definitely it is a zero knowledge solution, which means um, it is trust-free and it's also a data solution. So not only like covering the interoperability space, but um, data in general. And it, it could basically allow DApps on multiple different blockchains to access data stored in on Brevis but also Brevis itself has the computation capability of like basically attesting um, data that's processed from different blockchains Brevis has supported. And um, basically um, any kind of data type, arbitrary data could be, could be processed in Brevis. So that's basically a very simple summary of what Brevis does. And I think like the reasoning behind um, why we would dedicate so much into building such an omni-chain data attestation ZK platform um, is like the most essential topic um, that I want to share. So basically like seller um, in general have been um, grinding hard in the interoperability space for quite some time. And we did see a lot of adoption of our product like seller bridge and seller interchain messaging. But we also like noticed um, like many um, security concerns towards third-party bridges and um, the concerns don't come out of nowhere because we do have seen a lot of um, security incidents with many like native bridges. For example, there's 
this Harmony Bridge hack, which resulted in, I don't know, like billions of dollars worth of loss on LP side and user side. Um, there are third-party bridges which got hacked because of like operational um, oversight and sometimes it's security design issues or smart contract loopholes. So there are like various kinds of um, concerns towards third-party bridges or the bridging space in general. And uh, it makes a lot of sense for us to think like, what's the next step to basically optimize our security design? So we came up with the idea um, of like basically having a zero knowledge proof supported bridging solution quite some time ago. And that was actually the initial thought um, before Bravis. So we were thinking like maybe the next step for a seller C bridge or seller interchange, op I mean, um, seller interoperability solutions is to basically move the consensus model from our current proof of stake blockchain, which is already really advanced in security assumptions compared to like Modisig or um, like, um, like some other, um, security assumptions from other bridging solutions. So it's already like, um, very popular, a very popular design among developers, but still maybe the next step or the end game is a zero knowledge proof supported, um, crushing solution. So that's the initial design, but like actually after like reaching out to different, um, partners and understanding a bit more from the community what they actually need. We figure actually like we shouldn't limit ourselves into just still like building a zero knowledge supported um, bridging solution. But instead like there are vast um, opportunities into building a data platform where basically any D app can tap into the data accessibility in from another blockchain. So actually this would mean a lot to um, the current blockchain on-chain ecosystem. So um, basically a lot of different scenarios and um, use cases could emerge because of this accessibility of data. So for example, DeFi projects on one chain, um, like let's say it's um, Uniswap on Ethereum can basically um, base their reward allocation um, on, I mean, their reward allocation for, for example, BNB chain on the past history of trading behavior um, that has happened on BNB chain for Uniswap. So essentially like um, instead of going through some kind of governance, which is like um, which, which is like very limited in how frequent it can happen and also relying on um, like participation from the community in terms of like whether a proposal can pass or not instead like using um, this level of zero knowledge supported omni-chain data attestation platform, Uniswap could basically um, have a very dynamic way to update how rewards are allocated on real-time data. So like that level of um, basically data-driven DeFi is not um, there yet, but we think like with Brevis, this is like very possible and um, with great potential in the future. And data-driven DeFi is just like one example in what Brevis could realize. And there are many other different scenarios and use cases. So for example, there's ZKDID. So um, in traditional Web2, like a lot of different um, large companies or projects are basically um, like tracking their user behavior 
and they're adjusting like how their product offers, uh, I mean, like what kind of services or products they're offering to their users based on the understanding of the user profile. But that's currently not doable in Web3 because like we don't really have um, like accessibility or visibility into the user's interactions with a specific dApp. But with um, Brevis, with the um, zero-knowledge supported omnichain data attestation platform, uh, what can be done is like basically we have a profile of the user that's attested on Brevis. And we basically can say, um, for example, on my DAX or on my lending protocol, I could share part of the protocol fees to a user if the user has completed certain number, a certain number of transactions in the past seven days, um, like maybe interacting with a smart contract of our protocol. So that's definitely doable. And even ex it can extend to external smart contracts and external dApps. So I could base on, um, I mean, I could base um, the like protocol design of mine on a user's behavior and interactions with another project, another smart contract that doesn't really like have visibility before um, on my end. So like that's also another example with um, Brevis, which is basically user um, segmentation is now doable in Web3 and it can extend to user acquisition as well. Like I'm not acquiring um, Web, Web3 users just by um, basically sharing my tokens with the community through air jobs. But instead I could use some real data-driven user acquisition strategies and only acquire users that could bring value to my protocol in the future. And um, based on like the level of usage or the level of contribution in the future that the user does to my protocol, I could like do more in the future. Um, for example, through um, protocol designs to allow the user to capture maybe more um, protocol value or fee value through our protocol. So like there, um, it's just a vast um, number of opportunities that could enabled by um, that could be enabled by Brevis that's not like currently available through um, like the, the on-chain visibility solutions right now. So um, some users or some people might say, we do have do analytics or DeFi Llama and many data visibility um, solutions right now, but um, in essence, like they lack the trust-free assumptions or trust-free feature that we require for on-chain protocols. And in that sense, like they there probably wouldn't be um, um, a lot of adoption of those um, if we're trying to build data-driven dApps. Perfect. Um, thank you so much for, for the in-depth uh, answer. Um, and it does uh, seem like uh, Brevis can open up uh, a world of possibilities um, with data attestation. So we're looking forward to see how that uh, unfolds in the future and uh, best of luck um, for, for that. I believe that uh, we have one last question um, before we wrap it up, I would say. Uh, yes, I would like to make a last question uh, that you gave like a spoiler in your previous uh, answer, mm -hmm. but what are the seller's uh, research directions for the near future and what we can expect from seller? Yeah, definitely. So for the rest of the year, 
I cannot speak for um like the long term future because everything changes in a mid in, in blockchain like it's constantly innovating and changing. But I could say like for the rest of twenty three, uh, we're gonna be focused in two aspects. Like I mentioned, firstly is still interoperability, and for interoperability, it's gonna be um, building more adoption for seller C bridge, the asset bridge, and also seller interchain messaging. So uh, we're going to work with more um, different D apps in, under different verticals and see um, if there's any new crushing features that could bring tremendous um, user experience enhancement for um, a D app. So um, that would be like really valuable to our ecosystem, but because like the essential goal or um, yeah, the, the essential goal we have um, with seller is to bring mass adoption of blockchain to average users and how to basically bring a frictionless user experience to our target users or users in blockchain in general is very like it's the key um, like of our interoperability solutions. So um, that's one building keep building adoption for seller Seabridge and seller interchain messaging. And on the other hand, um, it's also Bravis, which is the DK um, based floating data verification platform. And, um, for Brevis, it's actually like, um, in, like in the face of having a broad, like having a broader community to join us, to basically, um, build out the details of each, um, like each part in our tech stack. So, uh, if you look at the Brevis white paper, you'll notice there are several components that are essential in the entire design and um the seller team will will not be building out or running each of i mean all of the different components but it's going to be a very open um, ecosystem for brevis and um, we welcome developers from all kinds of verticals to join so essentially there are like two parts that i think are very open um for the broader community one is um the prover part so definitely um, if you're familiar with zero knowledge um, technology, you know, like basically um, how to build proving systems is essential. And for different use use cases and scenarios, there needs to be different proving system according to the Brevis design. So we would like be very open to discussions with the broader community into like what kind of proving systems are um, essential in the first batch of launches. And um, if there's any project or a developer who is interested in um, contributing into the proven systems, like we would definitely will welcome to join us. It's going to be a very open market with um, different incentives to uh, encourage development on top of it. Another is like the actual proving um, execution. So um, that is also an open um, system where like any um, proving service provider could join. And uh, that's probably a later stage um, milestone or goal. Um, that we're planning after designing um, proving systems. But essentially, I think like um, for Brothers, we're very open to ideas and contribution from the broader developer ecosystem. And um, if you have any ideas or if you're interested in learning more about Brothers, um, definitely feel free to reach out to either me or the Seller Network handle, and um, we can keep more discussions open. Great. Um... Thank you, uh, Wen Li. Uh, I think that wraps it up. Um, so once again, thank you, Wen Li, for uh, for joining us uh, today and for this uh, great talk. 
Um, we we learned quite a lot about about seller. Um, and thank you everyone for tuning in uh, and listening. Um, don't forget to meet your uh, participation NFT if you haven't done so. Uh, it will be available on our Discord uh, announcements channel. Um, and yeah, I think that's about it. Uh, one we um, if you want to make just a final closing comment, um, go ahead, feel free. Yeah, thank you, thank you. Um, I really appreciate having me here uh, in B Pro Talks, and uh, we would very much like to work with uh, B Pro developer communities. We know like B Pro has a really large um, dev community uh, with like very professional um, tech people. So um, we are actually in a phase of um, like in need of developer help, and not really in the sense of a help, but um, it would be nice to have like more developers um, take a read of what Brevis is up to. And also um, feel free to make comments of design thoughts. And also if you're interested, contribute directly into the entire system. So um, yeah, really nice to have the opportunity to speak here. Yeah, that sounds, that sounds great. Um, and also for the seller community, um, if you guys want to check out the network, what we do as a bounty network, feel free. Um, and, uh, yeah, I think that's, that's pretty much it. Agustin, anything else you want to add? I want to say thank you to Wally and also thank you to the seller team to being part of this talk. Thank you. Thank you so much for inviting me here. All right. Well. That's it, guys. Thank you so much for listening, and uh, we'll catch you up in the next one.